millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Dan Durkin. Hello. And joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello there. Because we need to talk about the day, the game of the day, you might say. Let's talk about Pal World. As, as of recording, a big old... We're going to dive into all sorts of things in regards to the way the game actually plays. I get the divisive response. I recruited Mr. Dan Durkin in here because, like me, he's also sick in the mind. And he's been playing a bit of Pal World. Loving so we thought we talk about that <laughs> more than a bit. But, however, um, the thing that's breaking at the minute is that Nintendo have finally acknowledged it. Um, putting an official statement out by the Pokemon company saying we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024. Not going to use its name. Don't want to, don't want to address it. Um, we have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in that game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights related to the Pokemon. We will continue to cherish and nurture each and every Pokemon and its world and work to bring the world together through Pokemon in the future. There's a bit more to this in terms of a response over on the pocket pair side, the developers of Pal World. Um, but obviously the big conversation in this is how much Pokemon is in Pal World. Dan Durkin, you've played quite a bit of it, including myself. But thoughts on this whole thing? So, yeah, I was I went at this one like not really expecting it to be good. But, Same. oh my God, blown away by it. Like, <laughs> it's really janky. Like, don't get us wrong. It's really, really janky. But as far as gameplay goes, it's so fun. It's so, so mm-hmm. fun. I feel like they've, they've, they, it is true that, um, and it's very much the thing that uh, Takaro Mazobe, the CEO of Pocket Pair, has said, where he's like, I just wanted to bring a bunch of trendy, bankable elements, gameplay ideas together, and it's very nakedly that. Um, you and your thoughts on this entire debacle. Well, you've not led with the fact that you yourself, Scott, are having a great time of it. No, it documented now in the public record on social media that you are a pal world enjoyer, but for yep. me, I'm struggling me. to chemically understand how you like this game, because... As you just said, it is nakedly, brazenly, just hopped on every single trend you can think of and and defiled the Pokemon <laughs> image. And I'm not a Pokemon adult, so I actually have no skin in this game. I don't know why I'm getting worked up over it. But the whole thing of, like, we're going to give guns to the Pokemon and then we're going to put in some Minecraft and a bit of Roblox and a bit of uh, crafting survival. Will make all the money. A bit of Fortnite and everything. It is just like we've smooshed every single thing into one game and... To be, I think it looks terrible. <laughs> I think the, the, but, the whole Pokemon yeah, with guns thing is just like the big headline to draw you in. It's like yeah, it's, it's definitely it, not a lot that. more than that if you actually like play it. But mm-hmm. I think as well, like that whole idea, and I, I want to, I'll bring in some quotes from uh, Mazobe himself. But yeah, that whole idea of like, um, look at what it's doing to the Pokemon name. Game Freak and Nintendo have shot it all over their own name with Scarlet and Violet. Anyway, that True. was an abysmal release. Um, and Pokemon Arceus wasn't very well put together either. I think part of the general response to this has been um, from Pokemon fans who have wanted better from Game Freak for quite some time. Um, it obviously, they're all separate conversations. It doesn't mean that the idea of cribbing ideas is what anyone wants from an art- artistic medium. Um, but at the same time, it's cool just seeing a world of Pokemon idea done with a bit of um, I don't know, satisfying gameplay or a stable frame rate or like the bare basics that we didn't get in Scarlet Violet. I think the most instructive thing from this for the Nintendo would be to you just need to make a proper open world Pokemon game that doesn't play like ass and yeah. actually like the other thing as well is that people who like Pokemon who grew up with it maybe don't have a Switch or haven't played like a proper mainstream Pokemon game in, in years so that's mm-hmm. probably another reason why Pal World's taken off and maybe Nintendo look at the sales numbers here and go well 
estimating how many, you know, how many Nintendo, Ninte- how many Nintendos does Pokemon sell yes. um, versus how much revenue could we gain from maybe having it be timed exclusive and, you know, especially on the PC side of things, like what this is like now in the top three of all time uh, mm-hmm. played. It was, yeah, it was number six last I checked. Oh, yeah. six, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's mad. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I just, I just look at it and I just think this is everything I i hate about games and especially when and you roll in is- the accusations over like ai and you know ripping things from nintendo as much as pokemon fans are annoyed or can be annoyed with how nintendo has you know done the series or in recent years or whatever um i just find this whole thing like it it, it just strikes me as like a very retrograde edgy late 2000s internet humor idea that <laughs> Yeah. It's 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 pitiable that this thing is like got as much traction as it has, and this isn't me dunking on you guys. Um, <laughs> I just think in general, I find it really weird that in 2024, the thing that has gotten everyone really really hyped is transparently Pokemon inspired gun survival Minecraft game. Like Minecraft was a hit ten years ago. <laughs> Fortnite was a hit. Though. Fortnite is still yeah, they're both still ongoing, but we had these quote unquote breakthroughs uh-huh. an entire console generation ago, two console generations ago. It just feels like this is an exemplification of how how myopic trends have become now. I feel I feel like we're getting less innovation from the things that are becoming most popular. I've got yeah, a that's question. True. Like yes. do you see this game being as popular in six months' time? Like straight up. No. For me or you or you. I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I think people will be bored by this within by in, in six months' time. I don't think it's like the studio is not big enough to sustain it as a live service. I don't think um, they um, they've just put out like a roadmap. Um, their immediate thing was they want to f- fix bugs and issues and obvious stuff. There are like obviously frame rate issues and things like that. Very you know polished stuff that does come from the fact that they're a tiny team. It's about it's a team of about forty people. Um, and so yeah, they've put a roadmap out saying that this is what we're going to aim for going forward, and they want to have new islands and new pals to catch and things like that. So they're aiming to have it to make it last long. Um, I think. It'll, it'll go as long as it takes for Nintendo to stimmy up a, a decent response and then whatever their response is like they're not going to put Pokemon on Steam and if they do that'll be a seismic thing and hilarious if it comes from this um, you're not going to get that audience to go back over to the Switch and then play on worse hardware and then unless the game itself is like incredible which there was a thing literally before we started recording a comment from um, Andy Robinson over on VGC saying that internally he's heard that Nintendo slash Pokemon company are taking it very seriously and they are like aware of the response to Scarlet Violet, which was fundamentally a terrible product. Like it was, like I said, it ran like hell. They barely fixed it. Um, the frame rate, once you got past anything in the that was close up, was like single digits. It was really, really abysmal. Um, and I think that was, and that, but then that still sold the most. So it was like that thing of like, well, what can we get away with? And so I think a lot of the the Palworld stuff is kind of rooted in that. And I think Palworld's kind of come to represent this like opposing this is what you guys could be doing can, can i say to, something you know. really really mean please do right so you know how disney adults get really really upset about like ride <laughs> changes at disney parks when yeah. adult pokemon fans get upset about new pokemon game releases it's the exact same energy for me there we go that's it so when everyone's getting really worked up about power being like oh i'm sticking it to nintendo man they gave the pokemon guns yeah this is both nintendo's fault you in Imagine if there was a comic book game that came yeah. out that was just really, really bad, and like, how would that make you feel? I mean, as a fan? I've I've seen many bad comic book video games, but I'm not begging for like. But this is this is the, it dives into the edgy, insincere aspect of stuff that I don't enjoy. That is my one mean take. I don't mean to insult uh, Pokemon adults, or maybe I do just a little bit. I think. <laughs> Multiple side, multiple parts of that are true. I don't think that if you're actually serious, living your life to campaign against Nintendo and Pal World is your tip of the spear, then no, it's probably not the best way to go about your day. However, it just does brazenly represent a, a version of you know those game mechanics that is just done better. Um, and I think the and but even then, there is that conversation on how much Pokemon is in Pal World. And to be honest, after a, a, a whole day with it yesterday, very little I would say. Yes, you're capturing monsters, capturing monsters and everything, um, but you're not figuring out put like types and weaknesses and turn-based battles and whatever it's way more about um survival mechanics and base building and like combat like third-person combat um i did want to bring in though um another thing that's in regards to this whole situation is that nintendo have issued a dmca takedown of a pokemon reskin mod um across the week which is the immediate thing that made them jump in um because obviously <laughs> that tweet that, was you know, amazing nintendo have come for me i know <laughs> the whole thing i feel like we've been covering power for like a month but it's not even a week but it's like every day there's been something else too 
this. Um, so yeah, Nintendo have got involved a couple of times across the weekend when it initially blew up last Sunday. Um, they did tweet out um, a video for Scarlet and Violet trying to remind people that the game had cool hidden features in it. It looked terrible. Um, but that was hilarious. All the comments were like, we're playing Pal World. Later in the week, um, they issued a DMCA takedown of a Pokemon uh, reskin mod, which makes complete sense. Obviously, that's a direct asset rip thing. Um, you're going to want to claim that if you're the copyright holder. And then um, we also have it's worth uh, throwing in that Pocket Pair, which is the developer of Power World's CEO, Takaro Mizobe, um, has said that the game has undergone legal reviews with no specific actions taken by other companies. And he was asking people to please give the game a chance. So where we are right now is Nintendo is saying they're going to be investigating this. They're aware of the game. They cite it as just the game that was released in January 2024, which is probably a legal thing anyway. Um, and we'll see how it, how it shakes out. It is worth saying that in regards to the two biggest conversations that happened across the week in regards to you know the game being AI generated, um, the AI side of things, that was bolstered by um, someone sharing wireframe meshes of the models in Pokemon next to the Power World models and saying, look, they're exactly the same. That creator over on YouTube has now admitted that was fake and they just did it because they hated the game. Oh so that God. side of it is absolute BS. So it's like there's a whole mess of mismark sorry mismarketing and mismessaging in regards to how much of Power World has been a push push generate uh, generate <laughs> game button, um, which was never the case in the first place. What there about, is a lot of you know ire against the game, but that's why. Like that Twitter thread, I, I assume you've seen it, where there's a big bunch of like Pokemon compared mm. to the the Power World pals or whatever they're called, yeah. and you can see certain assets, especially I think it's the Galarian Meowth one. It's mm-hmm. literally oh, yeah, the, eyes the, the mouth. face is just mm-hmm. being like transferred over onto this pal. There's a one where like there's a, a sobble fin looks exactly the same mm-hmm. as something that's in pal as well. Um, yeah, I don't know how each bit of that's going to shake out, but the main creator that did that video that said, hey, look at how similar these, these are, that person has specifically admitted to lying about it. So We're it's like, great. going to get such a good, really crappy, straight-to-streaming video dramatization <laughs> movie about the creation of Pal World and the ensuing <laughs> legal courtroom drama that en- ensues. Um, that, I thought the thing so is, funny. I would... I would point everyone towards the Automaton uh, website. There's a website called Automaton Media that did an interview with Takaro Mizobe where he talks about you know the last few years of game development, how they when they started the game, obviously they were working on things like Craftopia as well. But when they had the idea for Power World, their team size was about three to four people, and they um, they recruited like it was a student coder who uh, used to work at like a store that they were friends with, and it was a tiny little team and got bigger and bigger across the last few years to the point where now obviously it's blown up and everything. Um, but he talks about where they came from, the way that the the game was brought together this the team size and he's extremely brazenly honest which i think is the the through line thing here about just saying i didn't care about originality i just wanted to make trendy bankable game mechanics and there's it's not that i want that for the, the medium overall um but we see that in the triple a space we're about to see it again in suicide squad and it's like the general level of hate towards power world i think it should be a wider conversation like do people actually want the bankable mechanics or not the sales very much say yes um, but it's just it's just a weird thing when someone says like, yep, that's exactly what we did. And then it's like, okay, I guess that kind of sucks, but it plays well. So it's a, just a weird reality at this point. I guess, yeah, they're being honest about it. Like it, uh, compare that to the, like, the, uh, the vibe I get from the Suicide Squad Insider stuff, which comes across so disingenuous to me of yeah. being like, we've made the most unique, special, unique game. You've never played a game like this before, game, game. Compared to just nakedly being like, no, we just took everything that's currently trendy and we put it in here. Yeah, um, and you've got a dude, um, Mazobe himself, saying like he like loves and respects Pokemon, like grew up with it, um, and he cites always like loving. You, know, you can look at the amount of things this game is taken from, and uh, yeah, I don't think it makes. I don't think it should set some new standard um, for the industry itself, which is is going to be the fascinating part coming out of this. What are these? What are the lessons that the industry is going to learn from this? And will we get a ton of extremely obvious? You know, I remember when it happened with um, <clears throat> Fortnite where you had uh, Epic got out there. The first video that came alongside Fortnite, Dirk and you might remember, where they were like, we're just fans of PUBG, so we did one on consoles. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that was kind of the PAL world of its day. And then Fortnite became this humongous thing. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I guess closing thoughts, Mr. Durkin. At least PAL world doesn't have a battle pass, and it's not like, <laughs> overly yeah, monetized. Yeah. <laughs> That's one good thing it's got going for it. Um, Very true. Yeah, yeah, I'd say if you're a fan of Pokemon who's a little bit like sick of the formulaic gameplay that... Nintendo have been putting out with that. I'd say give Pal World a try because I went in very skeptical and like I'm a huge Pokemon fan and I've been enjoying it. Like it's it's just fun. It's just fun. 
Yeah, I'll just quickly say as well that I, when I went in, I think the game makes a terrible first impression. Like, when I first went in, I thought it was every bit the thrown-together asset grab that it was being painted as earlier in the week. And then when you spend a bit more time with it, you do realise the unlocks mean a lot and the, the creatures that you're getting unlock more for your bases and everything. And there is a satisfying loop there. Um, <laughs> you in closing thoughts? I just don't like the idea of, like, in indenturing uh, Pokemon into labour, into forced labour. <laughs> no. Like, I just... It's just so funny. I saw, I saw Donkey's video on it the other week, which, again, you know, you... <laughs> The way he frames games, you have to like kind of take with a pinch of salt sometimes. Yeah. But the way that that went about it, it was so funny to me. Just like I'm gonna beat this Pokemon half to death, <laughs> steal its essence. You get lamb chops off the the sheep Pokemon or whatever. You get fluids pounds. as well. It's every dark, edgy thought that someone had about Pokemon <laughs> when they were about ten. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's not for me. <laughs> it's not even when they were around 10, it just is is still in the Pokemon fandom. Like, the if you know the the Vaporeon discourse, that's a very yeah. specific thing. That's a whole thing. It's like, that's out that's there. That's going to be the and hot coffee DLC, mate. Ooh. Well, they've, oh God, they've already got, I forget the name of the Pokemon, I, I call it Pokemon Pal in Pal World, that um, you can find that just, there's a, there's a sexy style Pokemon that they're trying to get out there. And I was like, this is the line. This is where I get off. And I mean step off. I don't mean, get off. I'm going to ride it all the way through. But we'll see how the, see how the year pans out. Next up, let's talk about Helldivers 2. Just we thought, why not weigh in? Mr. Ewan, you've pre-ordered the game. He's excited about it. Look, I've just been in a Paul Verhoeven headspace recently. Mm. I watched Showgirls on the big screen at the start of January, and then I rewatched Starship Troopers the other week, and all the while, Helldivers 2 trailers. You know, Hell, Hell, that, that's a mm. thing that leans heavily into Starship Troopers kind of, you know, the whole satire farce element of like, here's this neo-fascist future militarized society where we kill bugs and don't question authority. <laughs> um, and I've just been completely won over by its presentation because I think visually it looks really, really nice. It's a first party PlayStation 5 title. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm really after a leave my brain at the door co-op game. I've not had one of those in a while and this has kind of given me... Um, some Lost Planet, Lost Planet 2 vibes mm -hmm. in terms of the, the approach to gameplay, which I remember having a lot of fun with. Maybe the maneuverability mechanics won't be as fun as like using the grapple hook in like Lost Planet 2 or whatever. Getting your Tang. Yeah. Wasn't but, it Tang that you got in that yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this yeah. just, it just looks really fun. I like the, the tone that they've gone for. I think the community building aspects of it. There was a new trailer that came out this week about the Galactic War where it's stuff like you get given individual challenges, but the seasonal things and the developers, Arrowhead Games, will then mess with that overall. Mm -hmm. So you might be doing something and then the main story will be influenced by the fact that not enough players managed to take on the bugs on this planet. So you've got to like pull back okay. or whatever. It just looks really fun. And, and gameplay wise, it's leaning into the chaos of stuff like there's, there's friendly fires on all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just, I'm also excited by the fact that it is PS5 and PC uh, day and date because that means that I get to play with my mates who are on PC. So mm -hmm. it is basically doing that. I mean, I, you know me. I'm I'm on like nearly nine, I'm nearly on a thousand hours on Hell Let Loose now. And wow. that game with the Game Pass influx recently, I it's been great because new players, busier servers or whatever. But a lot of people who uh, aren't accustomed to the tactics of that game, and in the evenings, I'm looking for something that maybe mean requires less less tactical nous and, <laughs> and 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 crying for someone to put their supplies down so I can build a garrison. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Dagan, what do you think about the way that it's kind of rolled out? I want to I want to get to the fact that no one's actually played it. It hasn't been previewed meaningfully. It's kind of just on. It's coming out in a bit. Yeah, it's it's one that's flew under my radar. I don't even particularly know what like type of game it is. Like, what is the gameplay loop you in? It's basically third-person uh, co-op shooter uh, where you basically pick... You play as a Helldiver who is just this soldier in this futuristic society that is taking on uh, various threats, one of whom is like a uprising of bugs that you've been stealing their juice from for ages and they've risen up there's like, air, like oh. automatons and stuff. <laughs> and you basically just go to different planets, complete objectives, kill bugs, try and survive, extract with some things, get to customise your own character, you know, down to, like, different weapons and, and visual aspects. On the, it's, You know, it's, it's everything you're familiar with from a live service game. Yeah. You could look at it as being quite Destiny-esque in terms of you go to planet, you shoot things, you get rewards, you come back and then progress. Um, but the things that I'm interested in is just the tone and the presentation. Like, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I've gone on about it before. Like, I love, I love games that lean into cinema. And this is so nakedly <laughs> doing the whole Starship Troopers thing. The so, movies. I, yeah, the, the movie. So I can't wait to do, I can't wait to do my part, to, to quote Starship Troopers. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I do think it's worth throwing in that, like, obviously, this is the first, um, you know, new gen third person shooter that they've really put some money behind in terms of the way that it looks. Like, it looks like it is this big, like, mashup of physics models, and there's absolute chaos in a lot of the gameplay footage that's out there. I just, I think it's weird the way they've rolled it out. I think your average person doesn't even know it's coming out. The fact that Dirk and you didn't even know, like, yes. what the gameplay was is that speaks volumes there's to me. Barely I've heard more about any. foam stars than this. Yeah, yeah. there's barely any. If you look at the trailer numbers on PlayStation's YouTube channel, it's barely scratching the uh, 150,000 mark on some of the recent mm. ones. Like, it is a game that they are struggling to get out there, which is annoying because the first Hell Divers was, I feel, was, you know, that was a cult success. Like it people, was cool. I like the first enjoyed Helldivers, that one. Yeah. And it was on PlayStation Plus for a while. So also, I think people got it as a free game. I think yeah. it's just one of those where it's it's not a recognizable brand name. They've got Hell Divers 2 here, and it's completely pivoted genres. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably maybe slightly prohibitive to people, but uh, hopefully. If it's good, good word of mouth will, will maybe uptick interest. I think it's just one of those where I look at it and I'm like, this just looks like a fun time to me. And the uh, the price point as well is really accessible. It's only £35. It's not going to be a £70 to £80 pound game. So mm-hmm. it's got that going for it too. I imagine they'll try and do with this what they fail to do with Destruction All-Stars, where it's like have like a first party um, you know, live service, multiple seasons of content type game, because that was in theory what that game was going to be um, but the monetization of it was just terrible, you got one chapter of the story for free and then they monetized the story after that and it was like, this is terrible plus like, the, the the meat of that game was just so repetitive and pretty empty, whereas I guess on paper, Helldiver seems like it'll have more to it if it's anything like the first one in terms of the power-ups and everything but um, yeah, I'm just curious like I've got the release date down as um, the 8th of February, so it's it's two weeks away um, and maybe they'll just ramp things up, maybe they'll do a state of play or something and it'll be like Helldivers as everywhere or something but i feel like they are dropping the ball in regards to just what this is and like you know encouraging people to play it and i wonder if it gets a ps plus release like dirk and you just said like foam stars is going to get that um and it's just weird because i feel like there's a bit more goodwill towards helldivers but it's being left to the side and no one seems to care about foam stars but that's going to be in front of you anyway if you've got ps plus so with it being a 35 pound game as well i wonder how they're going to handle like the monetization aspect of it because this sort of thing works if it's on PS Plus or if it's free to play, but is it going to have like a battle pass that you have to also pay for on top of that? Like, I've you... not seen any battle pass stuff so far. I know that they're okay. talking about doing like seasons of content or stuff, but I've not again. I've not seen anything about this that feels like it's aggressively trying to tap into that monetizable space yet. No. There are already pre-order bonuses. There's like a. There's a super citizen edition that you can get, which I think comes with some unique perks or whatever. But I think from from so far again, I haven't like looked into their post-seasonal content plans, which maybe is ominous. I don't know, but from from the looks of things, it doesn't look like it's going to be aggressively. You know, you're going to have to buy this to do this because I think you know we've already game developers have learned over the past. 20 years of live service games and well what we would have referred to as live service games back in the day that you don't fragment your player base especially if mm. it's a you know niche sounding game like Helldivers 2 even though it's cultivating think... those those more widely you know uh approachable tropes um, yeah. it's still mm. not a big big name no, definitely. And it's just like, I just, for me, it's like, I think it's going to have to, like, fight. It's it's going to have to uh, swim by itself. Like, I feel like it doesn't have the marketing behind it. I just, I have this theory where you looked at the Jim Ryan era of PlayStation. It's coming to an end. Like, I think it's next month he's retiring, or it's very, very soon anyway. And I feel like you had all these games that were greenlit on the live service end. And he, he was the guy being like, we're going to have 15 live service games on, you know, by, in, by 2025. And then it was like all the response to Foam Stars and Fair Games and the uh, Concord and all these live service little trailers they put out there and bits and pieces we're all largely met with like meh and like this isn't really what we want and this isn't really the future and you can kind of see the the corporate side of it what if we had 15 fortnights we'd make all the money and whatever and i feel like that's kind of all gone sideways and now he's stepping down and he's framing it as a retirement i personally just think he's like i can't make this work so i'm gonna have to step away and they had to revise their live service projections i think they're going for i think it's seven games now or eight games in total rather than the proposed amount that they had um, but I just look at Helldivers 2 and I'm like, this was greenlit during that era and you probably had a bigger idea of what this thing was going to be. Yeah. And then, like, I think it'll work out for the consumer because I think the version we're going to get will be the, the version with all of the monetization stripped away. It reminds me of when they tried to do their NFT platform and then NFTs went so sideways <laughs> that they just called it, it was still called PlayStation Stars, but um, you know, you're know you just getting free digital things and you're unlocking them based on trophies. And it was like, oh my God, we almost stepped on this landmine, but let's just not do that and let's do something else. I think Helldivers, for the price point, will 
will be a solid third-person multiplayer shooter. And if it's good enough, they'll monetize it more. But I think what we're getting is the remnants of an idea that was put in motion last year. Yeah, I mean, Arrowhead aren't the biggest game studio going, correct mm. me if I'm wrong. And, no. you know, I know people who enjoyed the first Helldivers speak really highly of them. And, and that game certainly, obviously, is a different scope, but was never aggressively kind of put into that same bracket. I don't know, I, I'm not getting the the same vibes as this is a lingering afterthought of the Ryan era just because it is mm. so compact but maybe you could say that maybe they readjusted expectations during development um but it just for me it has always looked like it's going to be just a fun a fun little time and mm. sometimes mm. that's what we need you know going off the back of last year when we had such a great time with Robocop Scott I'm just kind of Dude. looking at this I'm like this feels like a similar I know what I am game um I hope so and I as someone who hasn't really had I'm always going to champion co-op games when they're not frustrating to play um and actually give me some of those classic vibes and if, if this can deliver that then it's going to be a regular in my rotation and again i didn't expect to be going into 2024 being like oh my god i'm so excited for hell divers 2 but i've what can i say I've been, I've been won over by everything i did the dumb thing and pre-ordered so i will let you know if i uh, <laughs> live to regret that decision <laughs> but for me it looks like it's going to be fun it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data. And a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think also as well, like, you know, the, I, like I said, I mentioned the PS Plus stuff because I feel like Sony could do with a series of first-party shooters just available when you get the console. Like, if you get an Xbox, you get Game Pass, you get Halo. And it's like, you have some past examples of that. Um, and I was never really a big Killzone fan, but something of that level, you know, like in terms of a household name or whatever. And Helldivers could potentially be that. Um, but yeah, maybe they'll hopefully kick uh, marketing into gear across the next few weeks, but we'll see. Next news item down is a new version of 2015's Until Dawn apparently has been in the works for over a year. This is according to deallabs.com who also leaked the name of Death Stranding 2 Death Stranding 2 is apparently called On the Beach which is a great little name <laughs> don't know why but Kojima so we're getting Death Stranding 2 On the Beach apparently there's an announcement for that is imminent the uh, the leaker predicted within 15 days um, but deallabs.com are also saying that this Until Dawn version has been in the works for about a year or so and it's going to be tying in with the Until Dawn movie that was recently announced over on Sony Pictures um, and it's meant to be bringing the game to PC and assuming there'd be a PS5 version as well so um, I routinely play Until Dawn I love this thing I don't know how much you two have both played yeah, it played but it. Um, I absolutely love it I think it's one of the best first party one of the best PlayStation exclusive ever um, and if I was going to do anything to it I would just kind of upgrade the graphics a little bit it's in terms of the choices and the story and everything I think it's pretty solid but you and what do you think it's this is a weird thing for me because first of all making an until dawn movie is removing the only impetus you had for that story which yeah, is the unique decision oriented <laughs> aspects like there's no you're taking you're, a game that is inherently relying on on the tropes of horror and and kind of 
deconstructing them and playing with them around, yes, you can probably get a decently entertaining film out of that. Um, but the main draw was always the the fact that you were in control of everything. You could choose mm-hmm. who lived and who died. So that in itself is strange to me. It's also telling for me that this is happening because I agree with you. I, I'm totally down for an Until Dawn, you know, remaster, a little upgrade or whatever because that game does rock. Um, but it is it is slightly maybe potentially an indictment of how the other you know sequels from Until Dawn Studio I've forgotten the name a super super giant super massive is it yeah super massive super massive entertainment is it yeah, yeah and super giant are the other guys or super massive I can't remember because I feel like super massive <laughs> is the Ubisoft people isn't it I can no remember. no um, super massive games um, are the dudes that make this okay and, uh, and then super giant are the dudes that do Hades and oh, all yes. that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, it, maybe you know they've done other games that are like Until Dawn you know the other year we had the quarry. It's just yes. interesting that none of those took off in the way that Until Dawn did, and I wonder if Until Dawn benefited from all that early PlayStation 4 momentum, and because it was one of the early exclusives for, that was 2015, 2014? 2015, yeah. So that had it going for it as well, so yeah, it's it's, just, it's a shame that there's not really, like, the, the sequels and spin-offs, which I know have, some of them have been more positively received than others, mm. um, but it is interesting that they're going back to this one rather than doing something doing a sequel which I guess maybe has had diminishing returns I don't know uh, yeah I'll pass this over to you taking in a sec but like I think with Until Dawn it's interesting because they had um, Hayden Panettiere and Rami Malek and like a couple of other actors who would go on to do awesome show, like awesome things on TV and everything and I don't feel like they ever got anyone who like because obviously uh, Hayden Panettiere really known for heroes and it was like you kind of had a bit of a Scream like a star pull yeah, yeah, scream like later on, and it's like I would hope they get them back at least for the movie, um, or if you're gonna do additional scenes in Until Dawn, you can maybe uh, bring them back or something. But yeah, I wonder how much that contributed to this idea of like a playable movie because you literally had people who were on screen at the time, um, whereas like uh, Supermassive over the years have never really tapped back into that, even though they do cast known people. Um, I don't know for whatever reason Until Dawn felt like a bit more of a, a known thing. But take it what you think. Um, I was confused when they announced the the movie. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it's like <laughs> the the game is pretty much a movie. But like, are they gonna mm-hmm. bring the actors back? Do you think? Like, surely, I hope so. Surely that's gonna be the case. But with a lot of these like remasters, like The Last of Us just came out part two. Um, they add additional content to it to kind of give you the like the reason to purchase it again. Um, so I wonder if they're gonna do that again with with this one. But then mm-hmm. what what else could they really add to it you know update give me more peter stormare true <laughs> yeah and it you is can good flash out the choices and stuff the pc yeah. release too and it means mm. you can probably like play it with mods like you could be shrek running around <laughs> <laughs> have a pokemon mod yeah. nintendo will be knocking at your window just again. double checked they are make super massive are making a well they're rumored to be making a scream game which i think Ooh. would be brilliant Ooh. if they could do that um as much as i've not really like the recent Scream movies, I think if they mm. did that and leaned into the 90s and early 2000s-ness of it all, that would be cool. So maybe this is just a little small in-betweeny project while they're working on that yeah. before a potential reveal. I don't know. They've kind of been doing that. Like, most of their games are, like, you know, slasher 90s stuff anyway, especially in terms of the quarry. Like, I mean, how much, how over the top that thing gets and how quarry. much fun it is. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan. Josh loved it, but it's like, um, it goes for it. I love that it exists. I love that Supermassive are able to do these projects. I do think it's interesting, though, like, thinking about where Sony's at, like, the Jim Ryan era, like I said, he's about to step down. But another thing he uh, greenlit was the idea of Sony Pictures and having the Sony PlayStation, the logo, PlayStation logos thing in front of things. We got it with Uncharted, Gran Turismo. Um, there's a God of War TV show next, or maybe this year, but coming soon twisted metals out like a lot of that cross media stuff was him or under his wing anyway and um it's interesting looking at like that idea of like well we have a movie coming out so we'll remaster it and it's like we have like with last of us like we have a season of tv so we'll remake it again and it's like they makes all the business sense but i'm just it's interesting looking at them doing this and it's like i didn't i didn't know a single person who saw gran turismo um (laughs) but it kind of felt like that in, in some way was when he existed to bolster gran turismo 7 sales and it's like um i'm just interested in this this era of sony going forward where everything is branded like that idea of like don't do another original thing like the quarry make it scream and then we can do some sort of movie thing for it the thing that i was just about to say and i've I've corrected myself before saying it but i'm going to share this thought process anyway it's like it's weird that we're reliving past successes so quickly but until dawn is nearly 10 years old Uh, it will be next year which is horrifying (laughs) god damn it stupid time stupid father time (laughs) idiot yeah, but next year is going to be Witcher 3, Metal Gear 5, Fallout 4, just oh, all of it, mate. Oh, I'm dying! 
<laughs> he's dying but uh, yeah we'll see how that thing shakes out um, I, I don't know when the Until Dawn movie if it has begun filming or not but um, I'm sure there'll be more updates across the year and there's a Sony state of play been rumoured for a little while anyway um, so we'll see next item down is that there was a Damian Wayne Batman game in production oh. according to voice actor uh, Josh Keaton who did multiple sessions for it before cancellation me and you did a little news on this you and the other day no. um, <laughs> we'll break some stuff down um, but WB Montreal moved on to making Gotham Knights but Keaton said that the game itself was not going to be set in the Arkhamverse it was a totally different thing um, he did say the game would have featured the Bat Cycle which was then um, it was shown in the concept art and then it popped back up in Gotham Knights um, and then we also had it in the Gotham Knights sorry in the cancelled games concept art we got to see a version of Batman with a beard there was a Batman Beyond style costume there was a whole uh, rogues gallery various villains in there Poison Ivy Two-Face um, it seemed that they were really far along and they're doing voice work for it um, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg got out there and um, uh, said that the game wasn't cancelled due to things leaking earlier which is what Keaton initially said but either way we had a game in production quite far along that would have been what a lot of people wanted before it was scrapped and the team moved on to suicide uh, so moved on to uh, Gotham Knights you and have you recovered yet oh no I'm never recovering from this I went into it in the news video that we did the other day which was recorded before the the Schreier clarification broke um, yeah. But this is like if you you would have asked me if you, if I had the ability to make a Batman game, I would have given you two options and have gone well either I want it to be Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond and we do the whole Neo Gotham thing, or we do the Grant Morrison post apocalyptic Damian Wayne future Batman game, and it seems like th- th- so this is basically my dream Batman game that 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 was canned here. The concept art looks absolutely stunning. We you know when that leaked in twenty nineteen, we know that. Warner Brothers Montreal were working on this game from about 2014 to 2016, I believe, is the time frame that was originally given, and it was cancelled in 2016 or 2017. Um, yeah, 2016, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then, you know, there was that initial leak about the plot and then what they were working on, then in 2019 we got that that concept art. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's gutting that this does not happen. Um, and as much as I enjoy Gotham Knights, I think, you know, that's such a testament to Montreal as a studio that I feel like they were always seeking the unique path forward for DC and putting their own stamp on it. Like, Damian Wayne Batman game is a completely unknown quantity um, for most people back when it was being worked on. Obviously, there's a movie coming out with him starring in in the new DC universe or whatever. And then to do Gotham Knights, which is a Batman game, without Bruce Wayne mostly... That to me is is diving into what I want to see in my superhero stories. Um, so yeah, no, I'm absolutely, I'm still gutted about this. They, they shared another bit of concept art with me this morning just to torture me some more. It just <laughs> looks like this really cool post-apocalyptic escape from New York, kind of no man's landy, you know, uh, Metal Gear almost was like a feat vibe that I got from it at mm. times as well. It just, it just looks like the Batman game that I would have done, and it does render that that contrast between, you know, where Montreal's headspace was for the future of this series or the future of DC IP and video games, and where we're at now with Suicide Squad, which is, you know, <laughs> trading on recent things, is basically shoehorning the DC brand into a genre where it does not make sense. I don't care how many times I'm being told it does; it just doesn't. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still mad as I'm, I'm as, as they say, mad as, mad hell. as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, take your thoughts on this. You're a big old Batman man. It's such a shame. It's such a shame that we never got this. And uh, when I played Gotham Knights, I didn't really like vibe with it. And just to know that we, this is what we could have had instead of that, it just it pains us deeply. And uh, you said the other day, was the the Superman game like d- that didn't exist? Was that I mean, that was always a myth? Yeah. Was that a whole thing? Cause, so like, yeah, that was, that was James Sigfield had that rumor in twenty nineteen, I believe. And then I think Schreier mentioned when they were doing the clarification for all the Suicide Squad backlash that that was yeah. that was made up. But I would not be surprised if the Superman game was pitched. And we don't know what Warner Brothers Montreal are working on currently. They've had two games in development, mm. um, one concurrently with Gotham Knights before that release. So. Maybe, maybe that could be. Super, yeah, I don't know. So I just, maybe. I want them to move away from like the Bat family and the Bat verse because there's all these other characters like featured in DC that have such like rich histories and like would make for incredible games. Like imagine a Green Lantern game, you and like oh, a good it, Green Lantern game. Green Lantern could be D- Green Lantern. And I'm not even, like, a massive Green Lantern guy, but Green Lantern should be DC Star Wars. You know, the yeah. mythos is so expansive and epic. There's no reason why you couldn't do a really fun, space-faring, 
GL game. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. As, as much as I would have wanted this, I do think there is, you know, the element of bat fatigue too, which again is further rendered by Suicide Squad, which even though it pulls from the Justice League, it's still got a lot of bat focus yeah. going around. You know, Riddler's back. Um, you know, it's 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 Harley again. You know, they're bringing Joker in with the season pass afterwards. Um, mm. So Oof, Joker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We'll get to Suicide Squad in a sec. I think, yeah, for the Batman stuff, that idea of like, what the hell do you do with the franchise at this point? We mentioned it a little bit on the news, but um, I feel like it's like right now, if they did like a, an Arkham style game with that kind of combat, it, does that immediately feel too tired? No. Like, how do you sort of. <laughs> no, right. no I, I'm, I'm fully. Like, it's one of those where, like, I. I think Marvel's Spider-Man 2 is a really good example of this, because obviously that game got criticized for not. It's basically the first, again, but more polished, flashier, bigger. Mm. Um, I would have been fine. You could call this lazy or whatever, but I would have been fine with, with Rocksteady or Wonder Woman's Montreal innovating on that formula and going further. I think it's one of those where, with this the Damien game not being set in the Arkhamverse, um, it was probably going to have a new combat system. Maybe it would have been along the likes of what mm. we got in Gotham Knights. I'm not sure, but I liked Gotham Knights' combat for what it was, apart yeah. from the weird gear system, which was bizarre. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think there there are ways to to go beyond that, and I do think you can make the argument that the Arkham formula has grown a little bit stale. You know, with Spidey's combat in particular, it's very much that that dodge, you know, counter-attack, attack, mm-hmm. you know, aerial movement or whatever. But there are ways to, to improve on that. And I feel like if you look at... There's a reason why people are still sharing gameplay clips of Arkham Knight's open world. is because even though that game came out in 2015, it still looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, it looks And people are still craving an open world Batman experience. Um, which Gotham Knight's delivered mostly, but obviously with some caveats. So, yeah, I mean, I just... I think, for me, if you, t- if you literally go on Twitter right now and type in Batman Beyond game, you get... Hundreds and hundreds of results of people being like, why haven't we gotten a Batman Beyond game? Why haven't we gotten, mm-hmm. you know... It, it, for me, this is one of the most no-brainer concepts ever. Um, and I would love I would love to see it happen. But as is the case with a lot of DC over the last 10 years, it's very much moving away from the company that captured my imagination when I was a kid. And that's not mm-hmm. me being, you know, having the nostalgia goggles on or anything. I just think the, the, the thing that is drawing people into DC... It has diverged from what I like about DC at some point over the last 10 years where it moved more mm. into action-oriented, we're just going to focus on dark edginess and not the sincere kind of character-driven stuff that, that I was endeared to with stuff like Batman Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Justice League. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my little rant. I just think oh. I would love to see more of this, but in the right hands and with a studio that is going to aim for the stuff that I love about those characters. Until both of you said, I didn't even know you could do a Star Wars with Green Lantern stuff. Like, the, the fact that that is there kind of speaks to that wider reality of, like, the average person or the average, like, casual comic fan or whatever isn't aware of the possibilities of the other franchises. DC feels like Batman or Superman or potentially Suicide Squad, and that's kind of all they're leading with. It's such a shame, um, that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like none of them seem to be working. Like, and, um, even, not to cut you off, but even with Suicide Squad, you can say that it's limited there. Like it is, like they're going oh, up against the Justice League. They've got Brainiac as the villain, really cool Superman thing. But the most we're getting out of that is Elseworlds multiverse stuff in the season mm-hmm. pass. After the fact, there's so much more scope to make that more epic. I would, I would kill for a New Gods game, for instance. Now that is that is DC Star Wars, like Jack mm-hmm. Kirby's thing that he did after he left Marvel. You have Dark Side, you have everything going on there, which you could do with Superman as well. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they're going for the most boring, most brand market research thing. Definitely. But I, that's, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a shame for me. My instincts tell me that a Damian Wayne game would have been cancelled because it was Damian Wayne and that it didn't have enough yeah, Bruce Wayne in that? it. Because so, at least with Gotham Knights, you have recognisable IP like Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl. Um, so yeah. the thing is like you could have done the whole like the whole older Batman thing if the concept art was true then assumedly you would have had Kevin, Kevin Conroy voicing him or maybe um, is it Roger Clark who did him it was it was um, Roger Craig Smith but this Craig was this non Arkham so I think they probably would have gone with a new, new oh, VA true. as well yeah, yeah. But it's like still, you could have potentially had that, and it would have been a great little passing of the mantle. But you know, you could have then. Troy Baker in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would totally have Troy Baker back in again. Um, he was Bruce in the Telltale yeah, Batman. Yeah, he was. But um, but yeah, it's it's just a weird state of affairs. I think there is a bigger problem with DC overall. Like the more you two describe it, whenever whenever an actual fan of DC describes it, I'm like, oh, that's not at all how it comes across to me. <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's most frustrating just, yeah, like the most... thing. Like it's generally if I, the reason, and it's a shame because there is a fandom of DC people out there who do like 
the crap. And I'm not being that to right. like like dunk on people's taste. I know that people really got into DC through the stuff like the New Fifty Two and you know Snyder's films in particular mm. as well. But that is just so far removed from the bulk of the history of that mythos and what really drew me in. Um, that it's frustrating. And again, uh, last thing, uh, Scott, watch Batman Beyond. <laughs> I'm get, I'm totally gonna. Dan Durkin, do you recommend Batman Have Beyond? Have you never seen Batman Beyond? I've not, but apparently Scott. it's really, really good. I've seen bits of it. It's like, really, I was, really I was good. A, yeah, yeah it. I was like a Batman animated fan growing up, but I never... Same people, like, I was same like, universe. Yeah, I was at that age where I was like, oh, I'm not gonna... I'm growing out of this. I'm gonna go play Pokemon, apparently. That Batman has a gun it. in the first episode. I'm back in. It's the Power World itself. I'm back in. <laughs> you me there. Let's talk about Suicide Squad stuff to round things out. Um, they've been talking about season pass stuff, you and some sort of yes. madness. So the new Suicide Squad Insider came out earlier this week. I believe it was on Monday, which went into the post well the post launch content plans. Uh, they've confirmed we're going to be getting four seasons of stuff. Um, which, you know, is going to span different... They're calling it Elseworlds. They're basically going to be adding new characters from different DC dimensions. So the first big reveal sure. is Elseworlds Joker. They showed off some gameplay of him where, you know, he he's young. He looks like a Yassified Joker, if you guys remember what the <laughs> was. I actually quite like the, like, if it was just in isolation, the idea of, like... Because they say, oh, they're channeling, like, vaudevillian roots and he's a more showy kind of yeah. Joker. Like, I like the idea of, like, a, like a um, I don't know, zoo lion tamer-style <laughs> Joker... Like, fine, but it doesn't fit The here. movement looks fun. I don't like that he's stolen mm. Penguin's gimmick, though. Like, if you're going to give an umbrella to someone, like, come on. <laughs> and also, you know, someone who, who likes the OG Suicide Squad comics, Joker was never a member of the Suicide Squad, so this just feels mm. like another kind of wish you horning in a thing because we want to do it, not because it makes sense for the brand or whatever. Um, but yeah, mm. they're going to get four seasons worth of content, three new playable characters. I believe a couple of those have leaked, one of whom I think is going to be Deathstroke in the uh, mm. final season. You're going to get different episodes, themed DC villain weapons, like from stuff like Two-Face and, and, and Scarecrow. You're going to get new boss fights, um, new Riddler stuff, uh, and new different environments. The ones that they shown off, they're going to have like an Arkham Asylum Fortnite map, a new like Joker's like <laughs> thing going on. Uh, and they also revealed that Jason Isaacs is voicing brainiac um but but by and large yeah i know it's it's what you're they're they're expecting four seasons worth of content to come out over the next year all free (laughs) apart from premium cosmetics so yeah and they should have a bunch of the cosmetics as well which didn't really light my soul on fire either so that's 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 it on the suicide squad insiders i believe the game comes out feb 2nd is if i'm correct yeah it's pretty soon I'll uh, I'll be amazed if they they'll make it to four seasons. I don't know. Part of me says I was gonna say I'll be amazed if they make it to four seasons because the Avengers game barely lasted. Well, it went offline last year, so it's it's just gone now. But I guess in total that was like two and a bit. They're, they're guaranteeing four seasons, but I believe that there there have been leaks that you know there are plans to continue it afterwards if it is successful. Um, Which well, they've also be. said they're patching it to make it offline to remove the whole online thing. It was like we're going to make a put a patch out post launch that'll mean you can just buy it and play it offline. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, do you want to do you want me to get it and consume it and be done, or do you want me to get it and play it forever? Like, what are, what what are we doing? <laughs> it's kind of both. It depends but, um, on how much you like shooting those big purple glowy spots on the enemies. <laughs> like, how how much do you see yourself doing that? I don't see myself playing this. It's just. Um... It's it's one of those where I feel like again like I can't I've gone on about it so many times over the years I've been here like Batman mm. Arkham is without a doubt literally apart from just career wise one of the most important things that ever happened to me as a person and the mm-hmm. fact that I can be sitting here talking to you guys right now in a job where I get to talk about video games and play them and discuss them and I can say with my whole chest that I will not I'm not sold on a new Batman yeah, Arkham game care. like that that is baffling to me like that is truly Mm. baffling to me and you know as much as like it seems as if this was the game that rocksteady wanted to make given from you know what i'm hearing from the devs over on twitter and stuff um and and what has come through in the suicide squad insiders and for me this is just this is not in no way was this ever the logical move to do after arkham knight and for it to have taken nine years is also just staggering to me like just painful I, there really. are a lot of people who i think will enjoy suicide squad if what you're after is a shooty jumpy game um but for me the the emphasis on when having played the alpha it's one of those games where if you think of when you played batman arkham 
the beauty in that game really came out when you stopped to take it in the atmosphere. You'd like mm. perch on a rooftop and really just soak it up, listen to the villain, listen to the thug conversations, listen to broadcasts, listen to interview tapes, whatever. There's a bunch of collectibles in Suicide Squad, um, but the game is built on keeping you constantly moving. And and to mm. me, that is just, that is not what I'm here for. Uh, and I, I'm, it's just, it, it's really frustrating. I, I wanna, I'm going in with as big an open mind as possible, and I think it's important that you don't review a game on the basis of what you wanted instead of what the game actually yeah. is. But having played the alpha and... For what it is, I did not find the shooting gameplay fun. I didn't find the maneuver, the 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 traversal features fun. The the writing is impeccable and the presentation is brilliant. Um, and it's it's genuinely laugh out loud funny. Like it is genuinely really funny. And for some, for again, for someone who approaching DC, I don't want to see evil Superman. I don't want to be killing the Justice League. I hate this, hate this obsession with making all our heroes evil. Um, <laughs> but it that side of it won me over. Um, but on the gameplay side of things. It just comes down to why have you given Captain Boomerang a gun? He's called Captain Boomerang. <laughs> it's not even a gun that fires boomerangs. It's just just a standard gun. Dan Durkin, are you buying in? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm going to watch the cutscenes on YouTube when it's the little four-hour really? movie compilation thing. But yeah, definitely not touching this one. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about just I want to see what um, just the, how far they go with the concept of killing the Justice League like obviously there are various leaks I've read bits and pieces of them I'm not going to go into them now um, but still that general idea of killing the Justice League seems like it's something that they've um, you know they're committing to and it's like it's I want to see title? how that goes <laughs> yeah exactly and I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to see how that goes it doesn't seem like um, it seems like there's various ways that that, that uh, could have gone so I, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like when you were saying before about like that feeling of something big is coming up, you were previously invested in the IP, and now it's coming out and you just feel nothing. I have that now with Marvel, Star Wars, Game of Thrones. Just throw Arkham on the pile. Like It's it's exhausted, it's tired, it's been milked dry, um, and I needed to step Can away from it. Can you even say it's, it's been just... milked dry? Like We've not had anything in nine years. <laughs> this is more like they forgot about well, it and let the corpse wither for a little bit, and now they're trying to <laughs> perform CPR on the corpse, but they've actually swap the body and now it's a completely different thing <laughs> <laughs> trying to convince us that the corpse has still got some movement in it um, I say it's been a little dry because I remember the conversations at the time when Origins came out and it was like oh my god another one and then Arkham Knight and it was like oh my god another Justice one it's like Origins. when you look back on it yeah, you look back and it's nowhere near the rollout of various franchises, the, the franchise fatigue we've got with bigger things now. Um, but yeah, overall, Arkham Origins, very, very yep. good for the worth shouting something out. Where's the remaster? Where's the remaster, eh? Yeah. Where's the acknowledgement from Rocksteady's side? They did the, the end credits, not even mentioning it. Asylum City at night, according to them. Um, anyway, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Dan Durkin. Boy. <laughs> joined by you and Patterson. Wild Country, Gordon's favourite tobacco. <laughs> We'll catch you all very soon. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.